You are listening to the 9010 rule. 90% business, 10% music. Today on the 9010 rule, we discuss invincibility in hip hop. What happens when you get sick and what is your healthcare plan? But first this. It was a chilly Georgia Monday morning. Space heater tapping out, there goes my saving grace. A danger to myself on my worst opponent. So playing safe is pointless. Just join me if you jointless. I coin shit while I'm coinless. I see shit cause I'm dealless. It's funny how the ones that live to kill us die to keep us wild, wild, wild. Us up or cut y'all down, us fucking up y'all browsers. Nothing but down southers and cage lovers. So all you first timers be prepared to change covers. Bloody blankets all I made while fuck niggas was cranking yanks. We was young and dumb, busted rebar, dicky suit thug, and just a zone four nerd with some zone one cousins in the north side. Bitch that you fucking but can't love her cause her father hates you cause of problems he got with her mother. And your mind still kinda childish, but you pushing six feet. So mommy's daddy put the shoddy to your face at 16. And as a child, you worship till. Because of killer mice reaction CD player at the bus stop Candy paint passing I never been a pacifist Too far from the Pacific Living alternate dimensions I created as a child I'm often way too lost In my schizophrenic thoughts Visit mama and my faith Is reinstated by her smile But since I'm a 90s baby I'm automatically crazy I'm calling audible plays On the daily just to survive I got a tribe of little brothers In the hood that I inspire Like the fire when they look into my eyes And when they ask me where I've been at I just be like over there Cause when I'm high as fuck all alone with my headphones on, I don't care And when they ask me where I've been at I just be like over there Cause when I'm high as fuck in my zone with my headphones on, I don't care Same old lost boys looking for a home Starting fires under viaducts Now I ain't made them much, just some angel dust a couple zany fucks with the layup ducks Caught up on the rainy day, of course Colder than them days chasing after the drinking gourd Make it on my work and make the world agree no court Never catch me lying on my back too much like casket doors Never catch me lying, my daddy told me who that was for Pockets swollen still on my stomach Lying on grandma's floors Dodging all you standby whores and we ain't saying much Man, that's that lovely noise Carving out my head to space the thing Man, that's that lovely boy I stashed some prayers in the bottle And chucked it overboard I got a clock in 15 days a night Till I can't roll no more Till that thing hit the shore Till I'm Siamese with the force to lift I really want it I could get Siamese with the Porsche But what I really want is My nigga for niggas to live long And I pray on the daily My nigga for niggas who do me wrong Cause we all know what happens When niggas can't get along Before the opposite We gotta slap our thinkers on Ali, Ali, show me a Boxer, I ain't dookie on Part Lucid, part MC, part Mr. Reese to be solved Balto through the fog One ten through the small Three ten in the night I'm screaming booty calls I'm plastic going through a draws Trying to fill with draws They fiending our demise Sean, And when they ask me where I've been at I just be like over there And when I'm high as fuck all alone The song you're hearing is AWOL by Earth Gang here on the 9010 Rule. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the 9010 Rule. I am Kevin Davis, and as always, I got B with me. What up, man? What's going on, man? What's going on, listeners? Yo, and. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today... Hold on, we're laughing because Kev says I never speak to him. I always speak to the listeners only, so I had to make a special effort this time to speak to Kev. Because that's what, What's you, up? What's that's up, what you do. I go, ladies and gentlemen, what up, B? He'd be like, what up, listeners? <laughs> he would never talk to me at all, you know? Like, 
<laughs> it's some bullshit. I'm standing right here. Kevin, what's going on, man? Yeah, man. Whatever. <laughs> so, check. All right. Today in the studio, we got Dr. Bentu here. And this is actually, I, I love the fact that you came here to do this. Thank you so much, yo. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Because this is going to be completely, well, I won't say completely different from what we do. I mean, it's definitely music related, but we're talking about a segment of the music industry that doesn't get a lot of shine. Um, matter of fact, do you want to, I guess, tell us kind of who you are and, and, and we'll kind of walk into it like that? Sure. Um, so my name is... It's for sure. Doc, Doc Bentu is what I call myself, but um, I'm Kalisha Bentu Ajala. Uh, I'm an internal medicine physician, board certified. I practice here in Atlanta. I'm a hospitalist, which means that I'm an internal medicine doctor that primarily practices in the hospital. Um, I moved here about five years ago. I went to Tennessee State and I trained at Grady Memorial and... Uh, currently at Southern Regional Wellstar. And I have an organization called Heartbeats and Hip Hop. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that is geared towards using hip hop to educate just about everyone, but primarily young people about hip hop culture and about safe sex practices and better health. So um, the reason why I'm here is because uh, I really enjoy using hip hop as a tool to create conversation and to teach others about health, including sexual health. It's pretty much. How did you come up with the idea to use hip hop? Did it, did it just happen one day when you were playing something and somebody asked you a question, or was there what was the magic involved in that? So I'm a hip hop head um, in the sense that my mother, uh, she is in her fifties. So about the same age as a cool Herc or plenty of the others. So when I was little, um, she started playing Grandma, Grandmaster Flash. Like everything just kind of, she started playing hip hop. Uh, when I was little, introduced it to me, uh, KRS-One, just a lot of people that I had to listen to. She would try to get me to break it down and understand it. So uh, as time grew, I just fell in love with hip hop. I wanted to be a doctor since I was seven. So to me, the two were not mutually exclusive. And when I got to med school, I would use, I always studied the hip-hop, but I would use certain things in hip-hop and certain people in hip-hop to help me to remember certain medical conditions. Okay. Hey, so everybody did. To remember it. certain medical <laughs> conditions? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, or certain people in pop culture. Right. So you could, I could name a ton of people and I could tell you the condition and I could just go on from there. So that's how I just, that's how I, that's how it stayed with me. And um, a lot of my heroes are in hip hop. So the tenacity, the drive, the business sense, uh, the way that people use it to, to reach people, the culture of hip hop, all, you know, all four pillars of hip hop. The culture is so ingrained in me and I'm so in love with it that I figured that if I used hip hop and the stories of hip hop, to teach young people about illness and safe sex and drug use, uh, it would stick more. And if you use the music, I mean, hip-hop is a global language. Anywhere you want to identify with what's going on in America, in any country or any continent on, you know, on this planet, just use hip-hop. So why can I not use what I love uh, to teach other people about 
living better. And it works. That's so awesome, man. And that was one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have you come in and, and uh, do the show because there are there are so many aspiring artists out there that are trying to get themselves together and are passionate about a career in music, whether they're an artist or producer, or manager, or whatever. But a lot of the, I think that one of the things that holds them back a lot of times is that they think they have to live a certain type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been breaking down a, a lot of those walls and how they think it's supposed to go or what what TV and magazines tell them that it's supposed to look like. And we get people in here that sit in that chair and talk about what it really is. And so when you're on the road and you're not getting a lot of sleep and you're eating poor foods and you're drinking a lot of alcohol and you're having sex with people that you may never see again mm-hmm. and you're exposed to a different type of environment than what you ordinarily would, it becomes uh, it becomes problematic because, I mean, just look around. There are tons of names that are that everybody love and they've got hits that we'll probably play for the rest of our lives, but they're not here to hear to see us to witness Celebrate. any of it. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. For sure. It catches up. Um actually, and you know, I can never name any names, but I've taken care of hip hop artists before. Um, hospital setting. And I mean just the lifestyle. It's rough. Uh touring is rough. Uh and you know, we spoke about it earlier that invincibility tends to be a little bit of a problem of just being young, but in hip hop, I mean, that's that's the whole bravado, being invincible. Uh, that is something that is pushed, that is, it's not propaganda because, I mean, it makes you feel good, right? So, you know, you, you, if I listen to some Biggie before I go work out, some Jay-Z, you know, somebody go, before I go work out, I feel invincible. Um, Drake was like, if I die, I'm a legend, you know what I'm saying? So, this is what you hear. Uh, so, you know, you have people who are young people who come into the game and it's about having a good time. It's about getting out of your circumstances. And for a lot of people who come up in hip hop, they don't have a silver spoon in their mouth. A lot of their parents don't have a health care plan. They don't come up really even going to the doctor. I'm not saying that's everybody, but that's a lot of people. So you already come up not really practicing healthy habits, probably a healthy diet. And then, you know, you're in the studio, you're just trying to make it. You might not even have the money to eat like that. So you're going to eat fast food anyway. It's cheap. And then, you know, if you, you know, you're trying to get your your music out there, you already are doing very well and you get signed. No one's saying, okay, here's your multi-million dollar or your million dollar contract or whatever. And here's your healthcare plan and here are your benefits. Like no one's talking about that because- in a sense, you know, although it would be nice, but why would you if you were already struggling to make it out there? You're probably on somebody's couch writing your lyrics before all this happened. So you didn't have a health care plan before. And then if you do have certain ailments for a lot of men, for a lot of men, they don't really want to go to the doctor. Yeah, um, I, I never go to the doctor. I'm a guy. That's that's really that's yeah. that's not an excuse. I um, I know it's not a good excuse, but it's definitely an excuse. <laughs> why as a why does it okay, I'm a man, I don't go to the doctor. What does that mean for a lot of guys? Um, I think the stigma is that, you know, whatever happens, it'll it'll repair itself eventually through neglect. And I know it's a bad one, but 
you know, it just it, that's one of the things. Not just not just that though. Sometimes it's, it's you know financial. You may not have enough money to to go. Then after that, you have to actually go in and submit to someone and say, "Hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm sick. I'm not right. a, a healthy. I'm not a healthy alpha male." Like you know, right. there's always that stigma that you know I need somebody to help me feel better, and that's that's not really cool for a guy to admit that. No, especially because if you feel invincible, especially because the producer's beat is hype or whatever, like are you spitting whatever you got and you feeling invincible? You don't want to go to the doctor and feel weak. Right. You don't want to feel and it's not mortal. Cool. It's not cool to be yeah. in the studio and feel like, yo, man, my side is hurting. So <laughs> yeah, I, I know yeah. I know we're out here, you know, doing what we're doing tonight and we had a good hit, but I think I need to go to the doctor real quick. Nobody's gonna say that. True. But then obviously us in, you know, regular people land in my world, we end up looking at media takeout, gossip or whatever, and somebody's been hospitalized for exhaustion. You know, it's happened again and again. But they or always, seizures. But they always rose. call it drugs. They always say it's drugs' fault. That's every single time. Nobody ever says, oh, he just has a condition that will harm him. Like, you know, okay, for instance, T-Boz is probably the first person I remember them saying that she had a, a real sickness. Sickle cell. That required mean. her to right. be hospitalized and have medical care. But there are other people who have those types of things. But when they go into the hospital, they always say possible drug overdose. Because or, it's hip-hop. And it's, the, it's, a, it's sadly a stigma, sadly, right. of hip-hop. I remember Usher... Uh, he was hospitalized from a tour because he was exhausted. It was nice that they just noted that the man could just possibly be exhausted. It right. happened with Rihanna. It happens. Right. Uh, but, I mean, you're absolutely right. And then if you if you want to get a little into the psychology of what goes on in the African-American community, because that's where hip-hop, you know, Latin and African-American community, where hip-hop comes from, we don't really trust doctors, Tuskegee experiment. We could go on. <laughs> right. um, yeah, you can stop don't there. Really, right. You can right. just stop there. Yeah. Right. So we don't really trust doctors. So you know, to go to someone, you're thinking you're going to you're going to give me something that I don't need to take. You're just trying to make money off of me. You could care less about me. So that's a lot of people's opinions. And then to be honest, in medicine, a lot of people don't look like us. They don't look like you know. So True. you know. So. To and that's why they're trying to recruit quote unquote minorities to come into medicine to try to help to bridge that gap in the community. But you know, just back to someone who you know is coming up in the game, was in the game, and they're in hip hop, and you know, they could be. We've done pop up street clinics or something that we do at Heartbeats and Hip Hop where we'll set up on any random corner and do blood pressure screenings, HIV testing. We play some hip hop. We have a DJ or somebody out there. Or just like I'll just play the boombox and we'll just play it and just have people standing around and pull people from the street off from war to test their blood pressure. We had a DJ who was in town for an event. His blood pressure was just through the roof. And I asked him to please go to the hospital because, I mean, although we're a pop-up street clinic, we'll screen you and tell you what's going on with you, but I'm not going to write you scripts because if someone to write you a prescription for medication, they'd be able to follow you. Right. Or at least transfer the services to a physician in your city. And this DJ was like, look, no, nah, it's cool. You know, I had some Chinese food last night. I ain't really had no sleep. It's salty. You know, it's a lot of salt in Chinese food. But he's at a dangerous level. and Yeah, he was like 200 uh, systolic, which is like the top number. And blood, blood pressure is the top number, bottom number. And you want your blood pressure to be less than 120, 130 over 70. And um, for him, 120 over 70 is beautiful. For him, he was 200s over like 90s. Wow. So for us, that's stroke level. And he was just like, I had a headache, but I'm better now. 
And no, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm only in town for a couple of days. I got a gig tonight. And he was like, I'll just cut back on the fries because he had had some Chinese food. And early that day, he had like um, some like tenders and some fries. Is it, is it that simple, though? Just cutting back on the fries? No, nah, not necessarily. No, because it depends on how far along you are. Diet helps with blood pressure issues. And you'd be surprised how many people, how many young people or how many men, how many women, but how many people, especially in an urban community, African-American community, have elevated blood pressure and end up with strokes like Nate Dog. Like it happens. Um, so, yeah. So he was just like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, I'll just cut back on diet. Cutting back on diet, when you're at that level, it, it won't fix everything. You'll still have an elevated blood pressure because over that time, your kidneys are probably responding and causing it to be worse. Your heart's probably weak. Well, you run around with numbers like that. It's, it's not healthy. And so you'll see people in hip-hop, and I don't know exactly what caused Guru to have heart failure. Um, it could have been a lot of other things. I don't have his medical record. But heart failure, one of the causes of heart failure is high blood pressure. And just so that our listeners who, I mean, yeah. it's not really a medical show, so most yeah, of the time. Yeah, so I'm not, yeah. No, but I, I, yeah. I think people don't know what blood pressure is. So blood pressure, yeah, is, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, sure. it's basically your heart's ability to pump blood through your body. And there has to be a certain amount of pressure to do that. Is that, is that Absolutely. Close? You're ex- excellent, excellent ex- explanation. I don't think most people know that. And That's understand. a good point. That's because people just say, I got pressure, I got sugar. That's what our, <laughs> that's what our grandparents say, I got a little sugar. So you're telling people that, hey, your heart is not able to pump blood through your body the, at the correct Correct rate. Yeah. So, yeah. And so what's happening is all the vessels, veins, you know, all those things, arteries. So we're talking about arteries. That's all the vessels that come out from your heart that give blood to everything. The pressure in all those vessels is so high that your heart is working so hard to pump against that, that like any other muscle, it gets big. Like your arm, if you work out, it gets big. But when a heart muscle gets big, it gets weaker. It's the complete opposite. So people are walking around eating salt, fat. Sugar, all day long. It's, it's in every American diet. The chips we eat, the, the the fast food that we eat, when we go out to eat, it's just a bunch of salt. With salt follows water. So you're introducing all this salt into your bloodstream, so to speak. You're eating is going to your bloodstream. With that follows water. So you end up retaining like all this fluid. And so if you add more fluid to that blood and that little vessel and that little and that little artery. That pressure's through the roof, and your heart's like, okay, well, I still gotta get blood out there, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just get big, I'm gonna get swole, and I'm gonna pump it out. But what ends up happening is your heart gets weak, and then next thing you know, your kidneys they can't take it. Wow. And then the that type of pressure going to your brain, you're gonna blow a vessel. Salt, 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 and pepper had a stroke. I don't know if it was from hypertension. It could have been because there's different types of strokes. But one of the leading causes of stroke is high blood pressure. And this is um, something that's prevalent. And that's all diet. This is prevalent in the black community also. Prevalent. Right? So, it's the way we eat. So when you do a pop-up, it's pop-up shop. What is it called? Pop-up clinic. Pop-up, pop-up clinic. I'm it's sorry. a street clinic, yeah. So when you do that, what percentage of the people that you test have high blood pressure? Wow, it's a lot of them. Wow. Um, I haven't. The, the last one we just did, I didn't. Uh, cross-check that to add that to see what the exact percentage would be. But I would say, if not half, maybe three-fourths. Wow. And not everybody is in their 40s and 50s. or people in their 30s. There are people in their 20s. Um, and so, you know, you talk to them. And, and it, working out or walking, sometimes your pressure can be elevated as well. So I do understand. So some people think, well, I just need to sit down. And, you know, when we screen someone, we say, hey, have a seat. We just chat with them. 
get them to calm down, get their heart rate to go down, and then we'll check them. But we're still seeing that. And right. that's, I mean, especially with people in their 30s, it can be in your 20s for sure. And I mean, studies are showing that you have more obese children. Obesity gives you that risk uh, for high blood pressure. So you got a whole bunch of big kids. Um, and in black community, we just say we thick. <laughs> no, everybody think they thick. Everybody think they thick, but they're at risk. So you see this a lot. Um, and, you know, Sean P., he died in his sleep. May he rest in peace. But we don't know what was going on with his medical condition as far as, like, how he's been living and what he's been eating. But you'll see that a lot. And, and in hip-hop, I think that a lot of people, we just think we're invincible. We're young. We've been eating like this. Why change? We're on the road. We, we You know, you're doing what you're doing. Drinking alcohol. Tons of it, or a good amount of it. Beer drives up your blood pressure, for sure. Really? Like, oh my gosh. Yes. I didn't know beer drives One of the first things, beer and just like alcohol, it's one of the first things we'd be like, yo, you got to stop binge drinking or turning up. Like, just chill a little. Seriously, we, I mean, if you're going to speak to someone, speak to where they are. Right. Like, you have to, like, you can't turn up every damn weekend. Like, you had to chill. But that stuff, it, it leads to other things. So. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's, it. It's heartbreaking to me because I'm 35, right? And I have, I've got friends in the industry that, you know, are similar or close in age. And like we were talking one day and talking about, yeah, man, I'm shooting this video and we doing this and we doing that X, Y, Z. Yeah, man, I'll see you tomorrow. Gone. Mm. Like literally just like that. Like went home, laid down, didn't wake up. Didn't wake up. And everybody's calling around. Earlier this year, earlier this year, I, I was dealing with um, a friend of mine that passed away. Matter of fact, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say her name, but I mean, people in That's Atlanta kind of yeah. know. Um, but also, one of the things that I think doesn't get a lot of uh, discussion is depression. Yeah, for sure. Depression, a lot, especially in the industry when yep. you feel because. Music is something that, like, most of the people that do this for a living, we're in love with it. We're in love with music. Mm-hmm. And so when something traumatic happens, like you get, you lose, let's say you're an artist and you lose your record deal. And this is what you've been, this is what you've been dreaming of since you were a small child. And once you actually achieve that and then mess around and feel like you lose it, Man, it's heartbreak. And so, so many artists mm-hmm. end up trying to, and we were talking about this before the show. Yeah. You're talking about they, they're self-treating mm-hmm. because I'm smoking all day long, I'm drinking all night long, and I'm trying to numb the pain. Right. But, oh my God, I'm, I'm so sad because there's nobody around I could relate to. Yeah. Drake even talked about it in his lyrics mm-hmm. how, he's never, how he never really is alone. There's right. always someone he there, but emotionally always yeah, feels alone. Yeah. That's why he always talking about, well, this girl and that girl, so on yep. and so forth. Always reaching out. I mean, we were just talking, yep, talking about it earlier. So, you know, Future talked about, you know, he said something about being depressed a little bit on Dirty Sprite too. I mean, people talk about it all the time. I think that people think that people who are, first of all, someone who's in music, they're an artist and they're in love with their craft. And I think that people tend to not, outside of that, they might not be able to relate in the sense that they'll say, well, won't you just find something else to do? And so that person's like, nah, I've been wanting to do this since, since when? Like, I've been wanting to do this since I was little. Like, or I've been in love with this since I was little. This has been my ticket to everything I've wanted to do. I don't want to do anything else. I can't not do it. Right. 
just right. in love with it. Right. You know, and I can relate in that sense because I mean, I'm in love with music. I'm a physician, but I'm absolutely in love with music to the point where I even DJ on the side. I'm in love with music. Um, and he, you know, the, the people who, who know me, they know how much I need my space so I can listen to this new album. Give me some time. I just want to sit and listen to some beats for a minute. So it's like everybody, you know, who loves music um, and who has set their dreams in it and feels like it's their way to communicate. Yeah. If that is taken away from you, so your voice is taken away, uh, your ability to relate in a sense uh, is taken away, you're not feeling good. And then, you know, you're in a culture where you're hanging out with your folks and y'all y'all drinking, y'all smoking, and everybody want to pop some Zanny, Xanax now. Everyone pop, everyone wants to pop some Percocet now. Lord, Father in heaven. Um, it's so interesting how new songs bring that about. Well, go ahead. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that, too, yeah. because most of the times they don't know the actual name for these drugs. We know the street name. We know the nickname, but we don't know. That's true. And Okay, but isn't Xanax used for depression? It is. Okay. Funny enough, which is why I brought it up. So it's like, you know, you 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 know, you know listening to some Dirty Sprite. He's like, yeah, you know something. There's some Xannies. And I'm like, yo, you talking about Xanax? So, okay, you depressed. You pop... But you can't just self-diagnose and then start popping. I'm not saying that was the reason why he did it. A lot of people, um, because like, you know, where I work, you know, I'm typically in the ICU, the intensive care unit in the hospital. So that's when you're your sickest and you end up on life support a lot. So we sometimes get some kids who come in from the club in Atlanta and they get dropped off in the front anonymously and they're not breathing very well and we end up having to intubate which is to place a tube down their throat into their lung and hook them up to the quote-unquote life support machine it's called a mechanical ventilator so it's a breathing machine we test we test their urine benzodiazepine which is annex codeine they probably have some percocet alcohol levels through the roof a little bit of coke some weed and it has completely knocked them out. Like people, you know, talk about like with Whitney Houston, she had all this stuff in her blood. Hell, Elvis had a bunch of stuff in his blood, you know, as far as drugs are concerned. Eminem's taking a lot of stuff. That stuff will kill you at a, at a good mix. The right mix of it or you can't handle it, it'll, it'll kill you. Or if you, are, if you are a dude who snores a lot, it's called sleep apnea, and you take some Percocet, you take a bunch of codeine, some codeine promethazine, mix that up. It slows down your breathing. That's what coding, it's an opiate. So it slows down your breathing. You're not breathing at a good rate. So if you're snoring, you already taking a lot of long pauses, Pimp C. May he rest in peace. You're taking a lot of long pauses. You drink that lean, you drink that syrup, you'll stop breathing long enough for you not to get enough oxygen to your brain. It happens. May he rest in peace, Pimp C. So it's like, you know, you'll see this uh, in, 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 the, in the culture Going back to just depression, uh, a lot of people have um, jumped off buildings, shot shot themselves, killed themselves. And, you know, a lot of people don't think that depression really, because I think people look at the videos, they listen to the songs, and they're like, oh, that's the lifestyle. But there's a whole lot of ups and downs in your industry that, that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And so, as you said, self-medicating only goes but so far, whereas for some people, they don't make it through. They almost die. I mean, Eminem's a good example where he was just like, yo, like, I almost died a lot. Like, he he admits, like, you know, it wasn't just one time he almost overdosed. So you got a lot of people. I mean, you know, I don't know what was going on in ODB's world, ODB's world um, Old Dirty Bastard, but he died of an overdose. 
And I mean, we know DMX got like he, I'm sure he has some demons he's battling. D'Angelo, who seemed to be the most beautiful man in the world, according to us ladies, battling crack badly, you know, and just, you know, and then you have these songs where these dudes, um, and I, you know, I keep referencing Dirty Sprite too, because I listen to it. Um, but like when he's talking about like he's had gone through some depression and how people got him mixed up, like, you know, I'm not that you you got me mixed up, I'm not that dude, you know, whatever, whatever. And he's drinking this stuff, part of it's cause he's stressed. And yeah, it's become a part of the culture and it's cool and everybody's singing it. But let's think about it. Like somebody's partly singing this cause they depressed. That's right. why they rapping about it. Like and and no one's really pointing that out. I don't know if you know Shanti Das. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you all do. So she's um, she's a person that I've worked with. We were actually on a panel together, and we'll be working together in the future. And she has a book uh, about depression, and she has a campaign that she's starting. We'll be doing panel discussions about it. And she really, um, the last uh, discussion at A3C, the panel discussion my organization hosted, she really dug deep into like depression and in the industry, and not just with the artists, but the people who work behind the scenes and the competitiveness and how job security is not there and how quickly people who were for you will turn against you. Or if like a company gets bought out, then you might not have a job. And just like a bunch of stuff that she was saying where, you know, you're, you're cool today, you lose your contacts tomorrow. And then, you know, she says she's battled with suicidal thoughts and she gets through it. And that's why she's speaking out about it. Um, And she's very well accomplished. Uh, But, there's a lot of that battle. I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere uh, uh, in in the U.S. or on the planet, but in the music industry, for whatever reason, it's just it's not. I don't know. Is, is it not cool enough to be discussed when you keep losing people? Well, it's like um, I don't know if it's not cool enough to be discussed because certain people. I mean. When when something happens, when there's a tragedy like that, then and we lose somebody that we all know, it definitely people come out and pay their respects, candlelight visual or whatever, yeah, uh, social media or you know some people donate um, because yeah. they heard about you know this person is battling cancer or you know that yeah. kind of situation. So all of that stuff is going on, um, but as far as th- there is a sense of detachment because. Yeah, that's my people, and I feel bad that it happened to them, but it happened to them. Got it. And so as far as me changing my lifestyle or what I'm going to do different, that is different. Like, could I could I eat better? Yeah, I definitely could eat better, right? But as far as politically, the certain other changes that I may want to make, that might mess up my money. That mm. might – that because – and this is one of the things that I became more aware of once I actually uh, worked in the music industry for a living. When I was when I started uh, waking up, and this was what I did mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Then I became I had more of that behind the curtain view or that backstage view of these artists and their team and what their lives are actually like. All right. And so a lot of them are dealing with so much and it is stressful. It's in completely stressful because not only am 
not not only am I trying to protect my situation and my team, mm. but I also have so many other influences that are coming from outside that are trying to take me off of my square. They're trying to take me out my spot. And yeah, it ain't nice. It ain't yeah, nice just at all. about what you're saying. It's like when someone, when you see one, you know, when I was, um, met a hip hop artist, uh, was helping out medically. This person had such a team of people depending on this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say if it's female or male, but it was just this person had so many people. Uh, kids, cousins, uncles. I was just so, and, and so this person was just, you know, ready to go whether they were healthy or not because they had to get to work. And so, just like you were saying, like, okay, in addition to having your team and having that pressure, this person's money might not be as long as public perception. So, you're really not making that much, and you're probably being screwed by your company. And so, you trying to eat, your team's trying to eat, your family's trying to eat, you loaning out all this money, somebody's probably not doing accounting uh, at your best interest if you have one. You know, and then you trying to medicate it with whatever you're smoking, drinking, popping, and then whatever, whoever you sexing. And if they loyal, probably not. So it's, you know, that's it. It has to be a vicious side. It, it has to be hard. Mm-hmm. It, it like, and it's funny because I think about the movie Scarface, mm-hmm. but it, it is kind of, kind of like that. It, I, I think the movie is a little more dramatic. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it is kind of like that. You're you're the man. You're doing your thing right. You got as much of whatever you want to smoke, drink, pop, whatever. You got it. Plenty of it, right? Yeah. But everybody don't like to see you eating so well. They don't like to see you doing so well. They don't like that you got access to all those resources, that you're getting all those attention, all that attention, yeah. that all the girls is coming for you, all the labels are coming for you, all the endorsements are coming for you, and they want some of that. They want some of that. They want some of that today, and so yeah, they may send uh, they may send a girl to you to to befriend you and and see where your alliance lies, mm. or find out what they can find out, or you know yeah. to, to find a, a, yeah. a crack in your armor somewhere. So yeah, it, it I, I said that to say it definitely does get stressful, man. Like I by, can imagine by every I think by even being general. I am I'm I'm really not giving a full picture of of what it's like cuz I had my own I had my own like moment where I was like yo I'm having a nervous breakdown. And I can believe that with anxiety and just like just being paranoid. Some people probably get paranoid, some probably people some people probably um just are just at baseline just anxious because there's so much stuff going on all at the same time. You got you got people you can't trust. So for some people, they feel like the best way is, you know, stay high. Speaking of that, though, I, I, I know that everybody's kind of torn between whether or not marijuana is good or bad or if you should smoke <laughs> it or not. And I mean, you know, a lot of states are legalizing it for medicinal uses. Yeah. However, um, I remember when I first started, I was an engineer. I used to have artists that could not record unless they were all the way high. Not kind of high, not sort of high, but all the way <laughs> to keep them calm. Going, I don't know, just to get the, the vibe. Your, your character, the, whoever they were as a rapper, their character, they couldn't do it. I ran unless, a studio, yeah, that's unless they were high, literally. So, with that <laughs> being said, 
you know, no matter how you actually personally feel about marijuana, mm-hmm. is there is it, there a possibility to be too dependent on marijuana? And could it still be as dangerous as some of those harder drugs you were talking about earlier? Interesting. Uh, there are some people that can be too dependent. There is a, a condition where, uh, and I apologize, I don't have the exact name, but basically, the name is a really funny name anyway, but basically people who are addicted to marijuana, they smoke so much of it, they get to a point where they're vomiting a lot. They get hospitalized for it. Wow. And we have to like, we have to try to like, oh, so it says like detox them. I was right. like hospitalized too um, in 2013. Um, uh, it's like hyperemesis. But anyway, that just means vomiting way too much. And it's actually connected to marijuana. And the girl could not believe that, you know, this was what the... And we were like, no, nah, it's, it's real. So, um, you know, you can, you can have that. And for some people, I think productivity... I mean, you know, I can't speak for artists who have to be calm so they can go right. But when you are at a place where you're so anxious and you feel like you need something to keep you calm at all times, it could be something else going on. And you're using, you're using that marijuana to keep you calm, keep you engaged, keep you from freaking out, um, keep you from flipping on somebody. That might say that there's something else going on. And so that's where, you know, abuse is when you can't function daily without it. When, you know, it starts interfering with daily interactions with others, your job, keeping your job, getting to work on time, finishing your job, keeping your, you know. So for some people... I've seen people who use it that much. And a lot of times they, some of these people actually have underlying psychological disorders. They are depressed. They have what we call generalized anxiety. They have different things. I'm not saying every person who uses marijuana has that, but they're actually self-medicating. And so they have to, they wake and bake. They have to have it in the morning. Got to have it midday. And then they can't really, sometimes they need to be away from people and they just, they smoke, they sleep, they smoke, they sleep. And they're not even functional anymore um, other than to go smoke and kind of hang out. So that can that can be a place where it's too much. And is it as dangerous? I mean, to to put it next to what we call like schedule one and all these other coke and all this other stuff. Not necessarily. I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, I think we all know that. Um, That's why I guess it can be used for medicinal purposes. And it's the FDA and other agencies are okay with it. So it might not run you into having a stroke or a heart attack like Coke. And I guess at certain levels you may be okay, but there are some side effects that can happen with it. And more than anything for a lot of people in in our culture, we have a culture of like of abuse. So the problem with, in a sense, the problem with American culture is maybe, you know, cause you, people in France drink wine for instance, all the time. But over here, man, we drunk and passed out. Can't get to work. You know, they, they have siesta. They can drink, go, you know, go to lunch, drink, get back to work, whatever, what have you. But it's something with American culture where, for whatever reason, we can't, like, just do it just a little. Moderation. Anything. There's no moderate. Everything Super is in excess. Super size value meal. Right yes. Now. Everything's in excess. So a lot of times with our culture, with how... You know, everything's fast paced. People are overworking. People are stressed. People are underpaid. Whatever, what have you. A lot of unemployment in urban communities, the American community is getting better, but we're hit harder. 
uh, you're going to find people self-medicating. And then they, they take a urine, a drug screen, and they're not doing well. I have a friend who um, is a leader in one of the organizations here in Atlanta. I'll just leave his name and everything. But he basically said that he had a lot of homeboys who were not getting corporate jobs because they were failing drug tests because of marijuana. And he was, you know, he was saying to me for one of my pop-up street clinics, we should do some type of clinic where we kind of go to talk to college kids and be like, yo, when you, you're about to graduate, all right, look, listen, you don't need to smoke. And he was like, no, I'm serious. He was like, we should like pop up and like, he was in, in part of my language. He was like, we should pop, just do some piss tests for real. He was like, for real. He's like, cause these kids, they're coming out and they want these jobs, but they're not passing these tests. He's like, and we want to hire these young brothers and sisters, but they all got weed in their system. And I was like, are you, are you serious? He's like, yeah. it's real. He's like, I'm telling you, corporate America is real. And I was like, wow. So yes, it's legal in some states, but we're still living in a place where in majority of these states, it's illegal. So you know, Caesar's rules. What are you going to do as a physician? I can't smoke that stuff. I've never, I will never smoke it. I have a job I got to keep. So people have to think about that. It's like we really get to spend time, girl. Cause you be on your grind. Seven days a week, you on my mind, girl. You stay on my mind, oh yeah. I bet you need a massage, don't you? I bet once you get relaxed, you come alive, don't you? Forget your problems and your job, baby. Let's get that stress about your body, baby. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You be going hard in the workplace. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You need a little love in the worst way. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Baby, you a slave to the workplace. You be like, now. Friday comes around, I'll be like, ooh, ooh, baby. People working like a dog all week, all week. Weekend, I'll be breaking on your body. But you know I know where my hands should go. Right there, right there. So tell me if you're feeling me, babe. Tell me if you're feeling me, cause I'm a big feeling you. All weekend, tell me if you're feeling me, cause I'm a big feeling you. That was Weekend by Moncada featuring TK and Cash here on the 9010 rule. It's like we really get to spend time. Okay, so from the aspect of self-medicating, they decide to take drugs for fun, recreation, or for, you know, to help with depression mm-hmm. or anxiety. The next thing that happens though is inhibitions disappear. Yes. Yes, so what is do. that what happens when that when that when that happens? Well, you end up with uh 22, 23, 25, whatever year old, 30 year old. With full-blown AIDS, dying, and their friends are like, why are they so sick? And I can't tell them. It's not their business. But, you know, you end up with kids who are drinking and smoking way earlier, who are having unprotected sex. You have adults who are having unprotected. You're drunk. You, you know, you ain't got to use a condom. Or, hey, you use a condom, but you don't really know the person, and you're protected from certain things. But that person has an open sore. Now your ass got herpes. I know it's real. And that's so, and that, that isn't necessarily covered by a condom. No, no, man. Skin to no. skin contact. No. Can't do nothing with herpes. Yo. No, bro. It's, it's rap. Yeah. No. You got and that. a lot of people when you know, a lot of people when they 
perform oral sex, cunnilingus right. or going down on women, giving head or fellatio. Um, they don't use condoms. Right. You know, we try to pet, you know, in the, at our street clinic, we try to pass out these safe sex kits. And so we're <laughs> like, don't laugh. So it's funny, right? Because one part is I'll have a Magnum in there. I'll have like a Durex in there. And the dudes are like, nah, bro, I don't use Magnums. I don't right. use nothing else. I'm like, seriously? So what you going to do if you don't have a Magnum? I don't know. But I only use Magnum. Like, okay. So, and then you have what we call these dental dams. So you're supposed to be able to place that over the girl's vagina and lick that. And she's supposed to get some. Ain't no dudes doing that. What, like it's saran like a, wrap or something? Like a, it kind of look like, but not really. Like no, they, they have flavors. They have colors. No, thank you. A, yeah, wa- a Walmart bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flavors, they have colors. I said, baby, give me that Kroger bag. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, so you got somebody, you're ignorant for that. So you got somebody, you know, giving somebody head and he got gonorrhea. You know, y'all drunk, y'all in the back of a club, y'all had back at the house or whatever. You know you're going to use a condom, but you're just going to give him a little bit of head. And I say, you know, you got strep throat, so you think, but it's gonorrhea. Or, you know, you have a lot of people who have these cold sores and they just like, oh, it's just a fever blister because, you know, I just wasn't feeling what. No, that's herpes. It's real. So, you know, you know, not having, you know, losing your, you know, if you if you have some code of conduct, but you're high as hell, you drunk as hell, or you just feeling frisky as hell. Um, what comes with that a lot of times, sometimes it's not protected by a condom, which is why it doesn't hurt to get to know somebody. So that later on, you don't end up with something on your lip or a sore throat or burning uh, or some type of sore. So, you know, you have to think about these things. But and that's the beauty, you know, um, you know, for me, everything is always related back to hip hop. So rest in peace, easy. But, you know, you have, you know, a lot of people who the beauty of hip hop is that it's so influential as far as like the lifestyles that you should lead. Um, young people's culture, American culture, sex, drugs, whatever. And, you know, all these, you know, these images, and it doesn't have to be, a lot of people don't even watch videos like that anymore. But, you know, all these images and, and sex. And, you know, we all like sex. We're all, you know, we're human. I get that. But what's what's interesting is the amount of times where people promote wrapping it up, but just really still be going raw. Or you've known a girl for like a month or two, or you don't know a girl, you just feel like going raw, you just feel like her giving you head, and then you'll end up with tons of diseases. And it's real. Here in Atlanta, it is horrible. Uh, you know what? We hear those stories, but it doesn't seem real. Oh, it's real. I see them all the time. <laughs> Can you, it's hard. Can you make it real for us? Because- I wish the listeners could see how she just lit up. Right? <laughs> It's real because I, you know, even though you're saying it's real, I still don't think that that there's a connection between how real that is. The simple, it's as easy as, as a lot of people who you pass by every day are HIV positive, and I know that that still might not seem real, but I don't know if this will help. Say, for instance, people in Atlanta, it may not, but uh, Atlanta is the place here in the U.S. where you have the highest uh, diagnosis of AIDS, not HIV, of people late, like 24 years old. That's major in that this person has full-blown AIDS 
looks healthy as hell. How you get full blown AIDS at 24? Because you had it how long? Right. And I'm not saying everybody who gets full blown AIDS, you know, because it, it it happens different for different people. You can go from HIV to AIDS, which basically is a change in CD4, which is the count of your immune system, your what they call T cells being able to fight an infection. So those can go down and you go, you know, you're in, at AIDS level, you have some AIDS defining illness or whatever. All I'm saying with that is you got people in their 20s that look beautiful and healthy who are walking next to you, who are positive, who are burning, whose discharge smells like raccoon ankle. I've seen it, dealt with it. It smells horrible. Cute girls. Oh, they real cute. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, Dr. Ajala, we going to hang out after this? No, girl. I'm <laughs> hanging out with you. I mean, God bless you. But I'm going to do the doctor thing. You do that over there. Just wrap it up. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people, you know, come up when I'm out. When I, you know, you do, I do these pop-up clinics who are just like, yo, so, you know, I did a little something a couple of days ago. Ran up in this girl raw and the shit burns. So what you, what you, it, it happens often. Um, how else can I make it real? The person next to you might be burning. Period. Because it's, it, it happens just that much. The, the numbers. Um, for, for Atlanta, Atlanta's usually in the top five of every STD. Number one is syphilis okay. here. And, you know, there's syphilis from, you know, so you get a sore on your penis. <laughs> the, but, the single guy but, cringes. <laughs> you got them right. But stage. <laughs> but so that's primary syphilis and then there's secondary. Secondary is when they get the little spots on their hands. I go, yo, it's real. I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, so, so primary, it's, it's, you get a little sore in your penis, and then there's the painless sore in the penis, and then there's when it spreads to the hands. They get little spots on their hands. You can look, everybody can look it up, look it up. No, I believe you. Um, I just didn't know. Yeah, so, you know, gonorrhea, chlamydia. I mean, we're usually top five down here. Syphilis, I don't know. Syphilis, I don't know. I don't know why people just want to have syphilis down here. Whatever, anyway. So... You know, you said top five for everything. That's what really about, caught my yeah, like top man. five for everything. And then the newest diagnoses of full blown AIDS. We have the most cases, right? Is that true? Here yeah, in I, Atlanta, I, in the and people in the, like age twenty something. That is crazy. People don't get. It's not like okay, person's diagnosed with HIV. You've just been exposed. You're not real sick right now. I've had. Young kids, 20, 22, you know, 22, got a cough, real bad cough. Go to the hospital for the cough, go to the ER. They bring you in because your chest x-ray just looks real weird. Okay, still got a cough, still got a cough. Two weeks in the hospital, you coughing up blood. Next thing you know, you're gone. I ain't make that up. So. That shit crazy. People run. People are running up in people raw, like it's nothing, like it's not real out here. What's interesting is the homosexual community from like the '80s were like, "Yo, we need to deal with this AIDS and we need to start wrapping it up." But for whatever reason, the people who are getting HIV the fastest are black women, because we don't want to tell a dude wrap it up because we thinking he gonna go to the next chick. Well, if you already know he's banging the next chick. And you, your risk is through the roof, yo. Like, what do you, yo, think? But 
it's real. We're getting it the fastest. We're dying. And there's people next to you who look really good in the club, positive as hell. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that, that's really heavy hitting. I think a lot of people will um, get something out of that. I hope they do anyway. But, you know. I mean, absolutely. Because I'm not, well, I mean, you said something. I'm the single guy. Right. And I've never had any STDs. Thank you. Right. right. Clap okay. it up. But being, I ain't out the game yet. <laughs> right. I'm just being real, man. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, you know, matter of fact, what is like? Because I mean, there's so many other other things that you think about when yeah. you think about dating or trying to find somebody or or just being out at at a party or an event, concert, yeah. whatever, and you meet someone. Um, and and matter of fact, because a lot of times I'm especially in Atlanta, I'm thinking more about okay, is this woman an actual woman? I was about to get there too. <laughs> I was thinking like I had to pause for a moment on like how I wanted to word that. Well, I was actually going to talk about self-image, but that's pretty much the same thing. Okay, so we can continue on with that. <laughs> right, right, and, and but I know that's a part of the culture as it well. Is. It is, and so how so many? Well, so many people it's heavy are, here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean cosmetic. Surgery and stuff like that is one thing, like women getting uh, enhancements to their breasts or their behind, but also those other uh, surgeries. Yeah, I don't even know what verbiage I really need. <laughs> but it's, it's, what's but you know where I'm gender going, Gender reassignment. But what's crazy about right. it is this yeah. very much fits into the hip-hop culture as well. This is yeah. something that's prevalent among oh, hell yeah. the hip-hop ladies, ladies who yeah. love hip-hop and who are part of that culture. It's, it's something that they want to do, they aspire to do. yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about any dangers or how that how that works. Ladies, please stop getting the shots. I'm just, you know, all that. You know, people choose to do what they <laughs> want to do. Um, when I do my talks at colleges, that particular part of the talk is called the invention of the bad bitch. And the reason is hip-hop, you know, listen, people want to say everything started with having Queen Latifah and, and, and MC Light. It, it didn't. I'm just so trying not to curse Who it. said that? A lot of people be like, yeah, because you know, earlier in hip-hop, the sisters, like, they respected themselves. And I'm like, yo, Ice-T's girl was in this white one-piece bikini with her ass. Like, we, come on. Like, hip-hop, seriously. Um, the Roxanne, Roxanne. Like, we had chicks who- Luke. I didn't even get to Luke. I still, no, no, no. I didn't even get to Luke because I started, I started in the early 80s. Okay. Late okay. 70s, early I'll 80s. I'll let you do your thing. Go, go, go. <laughs> right. We ain't even get to Luke. So Luke Skywalker, everyone that's Uncle Luke, if you don't know him as Luke Skywalker, then, then you should know your hip hop. But Luke Skywalker and Two Live Crew, I mean, come on. Every, I don't know about y'all, but even when I was in middle school, we were watching those videos. Like, all right, pop that coochie. How do you do that shit? Like, people call it twerking now. We, we, we called it something else when we were a little watching, um, right. uh, was it Music Box or whatever. So, um, so yeah, so you look at hip-hop culture and you look at how I think predominantly, or at least there was some variety where you could be a woman who got into hip-hop and you could dress the way you wanted to dress and actually cover yourself, but people were trying to see where you were lyrically. And then for whatever reason... Um, but unfairly though, the people that you named were both either lesbians or. Bruh, I'm just, I was just saying, I'm okay. You okay. brought up. You brought up. I didn't even get. I was about tonight. to get to Lauren Hill, who obviously is heterosexual. Okay. Um, I was literally about to say her name, but um, 
You know, I mean, but I could go on. There's sweet tea. I mean, yeah. I don't think that Heather B, she ain't get Bahama D. I, mm, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, Roxanne Shantae, she ain't gay, or at least as far as I know. You know what I'm saying? So you got certain people, uh, Moni Love, she, not as far as I know, she got like three kids. Like she's a happy woman. I think she's dating, whatever. So you got different people in hip hop. And what I was going to speak out, speak about with Lauren Hill was Lauren Hill, she came out around the time where there was Lil' Kim and Foxy. And so... Before that, you didn't really see girls who were really trying to sex it up too much. Old Town 357 still covered themselves. They were dancers, but they rap. Look, I like them. Don't make faces. No, I like them. I like them. I like the booty shorts. I mean, the biker shorts. The biker shorts were cool, right? I still want to be terrible tea in my mind. But like, so, (laughs) look, don't judge me. But... So you you look at it and there was variety and there was still variety around the time of like Lauren Hill, Foxy Brown, Lil' Kim, but it got to a point where in order to sell records, I think Lil' Kim was thinking, I have got to show what I got going on. I'm trying to keep it clean. And then you have Foxy and then so and then for whatever reason, variety left and then all you had was a bunch of video chicks. And then all of a sudden the image of the video chick became the way that a girl should come out as an MC. Respect to Rhapsody. She's not doing that these days. But, you know, that's that's basically, that's primarily what, what it is. So you have that and then you have the preferences of what people are putting in videos. And like, so you got like Dwick and um, uh, Rump Shaker where all the girls, they look good, but they were like natural looking. Um, even the girls in the Luke video kind of look natural, but like nowadays, the girls got to be of a certain complexion. Their waist got to be of a certain size. They probably got some ass shots. Um, hell, even Superhead was probably natural. God bless her soul. Um, you know, so. You almost made me curse. Naturally. I was about to say what she naturally was, but. (laughs) Her body was natural and I guess her head ability was super natural. So, you know. Oh, new term. Let me jot that down. Super natural. (laughs) Head ability. (laughs) Super natural. Um, So, you know, for whatever reason, in my opinion, there was some influence on how video chicks I guess because back in the day we called them video hoes. So sad. Um, video vixens, video chicks, how they look and how that somehow began to influence. Because if you fast forward to Nicki Minaj, it's like it's not that much of a difference. Lyrically, she's dope, but it's not that much of a difference in presentation. Um, and then you got these girls watching these girls. So it's like, okay, if you want to live. So you got dudes watching the dudes wanting to live that lifestyle, wanting to dress that way, whatever. And then you got the girls who want to snag the dudes who live this lifestyle or the ball players who live this lifestyle. So they feel like they got to look a certain way. I mean, it's down to the weaves we wear. Uh, it's down to the girls getting injections in their lips, changing their noses, uh, getting liposuction uh, for their waist, getting fans transfers, uh, Brazilian butt lifts. And it's crazy because black girls, t- typically most black girls got an ass, but now everybody got to like have a super ass. Right. And then you got girls going to these butt injection parties these booty injection parties. And they keep seeing, you'll look on gossip or media takeout and sometimes on the news and you'll see these women go to jail because they're injecting like semen. Yeah, like caulk. Caulk, semen, mixed with like some dirt or something into these girls' asses. And then they get these horrible infections and that's thing, you know, they're in the hospital and they ain't got a leg. I've seen some of those at West End Mall. 
You saw the, you saw the, the asses? The cement. The, the cement, cement asses. asses? Yeah. It doesn't look the, the same as Dr. J. Curves. Lord. So, so, so this is Dr. Why J. Why you say Curves. the name? <laughs> Everybody knows Dr. J. Oh. <laughs> he went there. Everybody knows what he does. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, you have to go to Dr. J. Curves. I don't want a cement ass. Get a doctor, at least at least protect yourself the best that you can. I don't know him, so I can't promote him. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not promoting him or anyone in particular. What I'm You're saying, saying is, they should get it done with a person if, who's been trained in plastic surgery exactly. versus someone at a hotel. Exactly. But a lot of girls can't afford that. Right. So that means so, you shouldn't get it. I would say no yeah. because it's not healthy. It's not safe. You get these injections from somebody who's just used a needle on somebody else. So you probably you, no. We're back you to are, HIV again. Yeah, you're, you're putting yourself at risk for AIDS. So here we go back to that. Then you're putting yourself at risk for infection because they're not doing it with sterile technique. So now you got a little sore that's about to just take your leg off because that's exactly what happens. And so a lot of these girls, and then they're doing the waist trainer. So basically, all you gotta do is go to Instagram and you can see the latest fad. So we got waist trainers. You get your teeth whitened. I ain't saying I'm against it. It is what it is. Um, and then you'll drink your tea and you'll look like a video girl, apparently. And you might snag you a dude off Instagram if you do the right thirst trap pose. So, I mean, it's definitely influenced by the culture. And then, you know, what's funny is when people always talk about the Kardashians they were influenced by us, but then now we're influenced by them. Figure that. That's our culture. That's us. We've been had those we, bodies. We've been doing um, breast implants and booty implants. <laughs> you can't have that. We've been had asses. It's right. my thing, right. right? It's my thing. So, you know, some girls, when I do these pop-up clinics at schools or I do these talks at schools, they may pull me aside and be like, all right, Dr. Ajala, so um, I want to like, there's a party at a hotel and I could get these injections. How, how do you think this might go for me? Or what do you recommend? And I'm like, I don't recommend. I'll go do some squats. Or some of them want to go and they want to get liposuction. And I'm not saying that it, can't, it can be done under sterile technique with a surgeon who's trained. I would say look them up. Make sure that that person is board certified. Look and see what work they've done. See what reviews they might have and ask around. But, you know... Our culture is eat McDonald's, wear a waist trainer, drink some tea that makes you poop, um, and then um, go get some ass injections. And then there's an influence there also with just the whole video vixen or whatever in our culture with strip clubs. Because girls look at strippers and they look at how they're built. They look at the money they make. They look at the people that they pull. Some very famous strippers, Black China, whomever, um, who pull these dudes and they're like, I need to be able to do that. So these girls or these women, they, they, they use these things. And I was just, we were talking about it earlier. I had some friends who were telling me up uh, in Maryland that some girls were using waist trainers and they ended up having to have uh, bowel surgery because their intestines got blocked by, for using those tight waist trainers. And I'm not saying that happens with each one. But if you got this thing to the point where it's so tight that you can't even breathe and you're in pain and you think it's okay and you're going to walk. And so when you take it off in front of the dude, the single dude who brought you home and you spill out of it, you still got to take it off. But I mean, a lot of girls, it is 
You guys, you don't know, but waist trainers are so popular. And I'm not saying that for some people it can't be helpful. Some use them so that when they work out, they sweat, and it kind of supposedly makes their waist smaller, then fine. But for a lot of women, they put them on, and they're they're damn near unsafe because it's squeezing your intestines and squeezing them down to a point where you're not even getting blood flow to certain areas. And this is all to look a certain way in a club or to take a side pose on Instagram. So these waist trainers, like, literally they're squeezing their bodies to the point where, like, food can't even pass through? For some. Now, it's not necessarily everybody because, I mean, the body the body is pretty resilient. So what happens with waist trainers or corsets is that, like, these people, the women, the, the old school women who wore these corsets, you, you, you'll, you'll Google, you'll look up, you find a lot of older white women, you know, throughout time who wore these corsets or whatever. They would cinch it daily slowly over years to get like a 19 inch waist, which is crazy, but to get a 19 inch waist. If you did an x-ray, their intestines are further down. Wherever that smallest part of their waist is, their intestines have moved. It's further down. It's not there. It's, you know, just a little bit of it. So it, it kind of shifts your organs over time. It like just pushes them yeah, down. Yeah, it pushes them down. Your, so that's yes. someone who's been like using a corset over time. Waist training, you know, and it, you know, I'm just speaking from just kind of looking at things. For us as physicians, we're always looking at studies and stuff like that. And there's not a lot of medical studies yet to show everything that happened or statistics out there yet. It will be, I'm sure. Um, like we're all waiting on a lot. There's a lot of t- t- excuse me, statistics coming out on hookah. Um, yeah, on yeah. e-cigs because a lot of those are real oh, popular now too. Oh no, no. the oils and stuff. They are full of carcinogens, cancer causing agents. Just because it's it's vapor doesn't mean it doesn't go to your lungs or to your brain faster, and it doesn't have j- just as you know bad of carcinogens in it or cancer causing agents as a cigarette. It's more and it's concentrated. Those are bad hookah. A lot of those have carcinogens, cancer causing agents, just like tobacco in them. And so puffing on a hookah for an hour, I think, is equivalent to a hundred to two hundred cigarettes. Oh. Oh, Look it up, y'all. I can't, oh. you know. But you know what's crazy yeah. is I've also noticed that, and I don't know, listeners, you can drive around, you know, your part of town or whatever, but I've noticed that. <gasps> These new yo, spots. They popping up left and right. Like, are, are they are banks giving <laughs> business loans specifically for, for hookah shops? And easy, like... Every time I turn oh, around, gosh, like funny. like in the especially in the hood, it's like church, liquor store, hookah shop. I'm so mad at you right now. I swear to God. But you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But what's what's interesting is they're they're beginning to be some studies that are coming out about hookah. There will be many more. Just, and at just some to point, reiterate, yes, sir. one hour. Hundred cigarettes, a hundred to two hundred cigarettes, a hundred to two hundred cigarettes. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Proceed. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's real. Um, I don't want to give the wrong stuff, but it's like it's like 120, 150, but it's between 100 and 200 is my point. And that's just an hour straight of hookah. Some people are like, "Well, we pass it around." But yeah, <laughs> but you, but how many times are you at the hookah spot in one week? Add that up. And so some people think, well, okay, they've been smoking hashish and stuff over in the Middle East for a long time. And those people, they don't have it. The stuff that you're smoking is not even the same stuff. 
So I don't even why you, why do you even think that? That's number one. Number two, a lot of those people over there, were they going to get CAT scans and chest X-rays to screen for lung cancer? Well, you don't know what those people had. Back then, they probably didn't have that technique. You know, for all the people all, you know, thousands of years ago who were, who knows what they had. But we know that what's in the hookah that people are smoking nowadays, it has cancer-causing ages in it just like tobacco. It's not safer than a cigarette. Y'all tripping. So you have a lot of people that's going to come up with cancer and lung cancer. It's going to happen. I don't even know where to go from. (laughs) (laughs) But you... It's it's crazy because I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking about it and like for example the truth.com yeah they have I mean that's their thing is getting rid of of smoking period yeah right but and they and I think a lot of their campaigns and their advertisements have been successful in driving that message home but it's like as soon as uh, the sale of cigarettes started to go down here come e-cigs here come hookah yep. Like, just that smooth and easy, so. It's real. And people are always going to try to make money. I mean, just going back to the marijuana, you know, with making, is it it Colorado? But basically, you know, people think that with a a state making marijuana legal, that the common man is all of a sudden about to come up easily. But what happens is, in some states, the government offsets the cost of that marijuana, and then you have certain um, certain big businesses that get these loans to grow it and do it on a larger scale, whereas the smaller middleman might not even make what he thinks he's even going to make. And I'm just saying that to say, you know, okay, no one's smoking cigarettes, so now you got commercials where someone's like, well, you know— you just use the the e-cig and it's just a vapor. And so it looks cleaner. There's no smoke. But it's still the same. It's still the same carcinogenic cancer causing. It's still the same stuff. And it's going at a more concentrated rate. And it's just more concentrated. And the hookah. I mean, you see all these people using it. And now they're putting Patron in it. You know about that? In the hookah? Yeah. So you wear the little water part, the boiling part, you put the liquor in it, and then, yeah, you put the liquor in the bottom, and then they use the, then they smoke the hookah. Okay, I'm confused because. So you know the part where the bottom was like boiling? He's about to tell people. Yeah, I've had, I've had adults tell me, oh, well, look, what you're talking about doesn't really affect me because I don't really. Pull on hookah that much because we put Patron in ours, so I don't use it all night. I ain't never heard. See, I'm familiar with a, a bong where you would put water or ice, and the mm. smoke would filter through that. Mm. But water or ice, not Patron. Oh yeah, people put liquor in it now. I don't need to get high that bad. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> I just I don't to need them, that. To them, you don't have to pull on it as much. And it's like, but you're still putting yourself at risk for cancer, lung cancer, any kind of can- by smoking this stuff. It looks sexier. You've seen it in a video. People in VIP, they popping bottles, and now they got hookah. The girl comes over, she has it up in the air. You feel all important, but the shit, it's not right. Excuse me for cursing. It's just not right. So, <laughs> I'm sure that. Um 
a lot of people are looking at themselves in the mirror right now and are <laughs> a little confused about the past five years of their life. <laughs> We're all ashamed. Yeah, so how how do we become part of the pop up clinic? How do we how do we know where to find these things? If we're if we're scared about something we've been doing, <laughs> and now we're like, you know what? Maybe I need to go get this checked, and we don't want to go to the hospital. How do we come by a pop up clinic? And and is there a way to know a schedule or a website? Any information you can give us? Yeah, sure. So the website is www. Excuse me. The website is www.heartbeatsandhiphop.org. Uh, as it's spelled, heartbeatsandhiphop.org. Uh, and so, you know, we just list what's going on. Uh, we just had one yesterday at Clark Atlanta University. And we'll be having some in the spring. We're about to, you know, kind of hang out and take a break. And then in the spring, we'll be having a few pop-up clinics in Atlanta and in Baltimore. So just, you know, stay posted, log on, go to the website and check us out. And what should someone bring to a pop-up clinic? Yourself. The beauty of a pop-up clinic is I don't really even have to invite people because I'm going to just pop up on a corner. And we're going to play some Biggie, some hip-hop. It can be some future. It don't matter. And we'll have condoms. We'll be doing screenings. We'll be testing people. And we'll be talking to people. I think the point of the pop-up clinic, I believe, is you know how like back in the day in church, when churches used to actually go to street corners and talk to people? That's where I got it from. You have to bring the medicine to the people. The only time you see a doctor shouldn't be in a hospital or when you're scheduled to see him. You should have more access to health education and being able to take care of yourself. And for whatever reason in this culture, like just knowing nutritional facts on what's the on a bag of a back excuse me, knowing what's on the back of a bag of chips, most people just don't know. So if you say, hey, decrease your salt intake, they're like, what? Where? They don't know. So, um, and you know, they need to know about condoms. They need to know that if you use one, it doesn't mean that you're not going to catch other stuff. They need to know the risk of giving head. They don't know. Um, so we like to be out there to be able to answer those questions. Uh, so yeah, just come check us out, www.heartbeatsandhiphop.org and bring yourself. Thank you for coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Doc Ventu. Thank you for having me. Yo, and, and this was like one of the best conversations we had, but it it got purposely awkward. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want y'all points. to be shook, man. No, it needs to be. It needs to be awkward. I think it's very important that it's awkward. I mean, you know, when you talk about open source and STDs, you know, I, I ain't got no joke to follow that up with. I feel I had, I had one. She said, she said you had a little, a little sore on your penis. Like, I got a big sore on my penis. <laughs> oh, well. that man, was, I wasn't going to. That you wasn't no contest. I, mean, yeah, I wasn't going right, to try to one up right. you for that. <laughs> you, you can have that shit. You win. <laughs> but the whole point, you know, a lot of times when I'm having these types of talks, there's a whole lot of hip hop playing. We're talking about people. In music, and we try to make it fun in the sense that, yeah, it's uncomfortable information, but at the same time, like, this is the world we live in, this is the culture we live in, and you can have knowledge of how to take care of yourself, but still, like, live your life. Awesome. Well, that was dope. Yo, and hey, keep us keep us posted. I mean, well, yeah. um, listen, listeners will definitely go check out the website, but anything you got coming up and you want to let we us know. We have a hip-hop karaoke coming up at Edgewood Pizza on November 19th. At 8 o'clock. Word. So, yeah, I'm about to start promotion for that. Proceeds will go to the Atlanta Food Bank. It's the week before Thanksgiving. 
So we just going to be in there acting stupid off of some old school and some new school hip hop because I know somebody going to want to like quote some future or some shit. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to all be like tribe as I would like. But it's all. I would like that too. And also listen, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've looked at the Twitter page, but I got a homie that I went to school with and grew up with, Grip Pliers, who's here in Atlanta and he's got cancer. So um, his testimony is is probably something you guys want to pay attention to too. Just go to the Twitter page. There was a GoFundMe for um for his his campaign and everything. It's really a serious thing. I really appreciate you coming in today, Dr. Thank Spencer. you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having me. Visit us at the 9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.